Welcome to the Sky Society Podcast, the place where dream careers come true. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Sky Society, Natalie Peters. Prepare for smiles, tears, surprises, and epic takeaways. This podcast is for the ambitious woman who wants it all and wants it real. We're diving deep with relatable and dreamy guests who are showing you what actually matters when it comes to starting and accelerating your career so you can make your dream job your real job. Let's make it happen. Welcome back to another episode of the Sky Society podcast. Today, I am beyond thrilled to be interviewing Allie Dickin. She is the Senior Director of Brand Marketing at San Francisco 49ers. Welcome, Allie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm thrilled to kind of talk about your journey through sports marketing prior to San Francisco 49ers. Well, Ali's been there for almost seven years now, which is crazy. (laughs) So (laughs) yes, excited to talk about your growth within San Francisco 49ers. But prior to that, she was at Phoenix Suns for almost five years. So two really large stints there. So really excited to jump into all of that. But before we do, Ali, can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes, for sure. So I grew up in Arizona and Oregon. I attended Portland State University where I got a degree in communication and business. And just growing up, I have always been super passionate about sports and entertainment, grew up going to games, watching sports on TV with my family. And so for me, that's just always been my passion and the lane that I wanted to get into career-wise. And so, as you mentioned, I've been with the 49ers for almost seven years now, which is crazy. Wow. <laughs> uh, it feels like it feels like yesterday, yesterday and forever ago at the same time. And before that, I was with the Phoenix Suns uh, for almost five years. And that was really my first career start out of college. And before that, I during college, got my foot into this industry with an internship at the now Moda Center where the Portland Trail Blazers play. And so that's really how I got my foot in the door in sports and entertainment. And then from there was able to get in with the Phoenix Suns and then um, start my growth in this sports and entertainment industry. That's incredible. I know the sports marketing industry is definitely a highly sought after place to be, and it's also incredibly competitive. So when you were starting out and you were going after that very first internship, I'm also assuming that that was really, really competitive to get as well. I know it was a while ago, but was there anything that you think you did back then that helped you stand out or any advice you have for women who are in college maybe or just coming out of college and trying to get their first internship or their very first like foot in the door position in sports marketing? Yeah, for sure. So when I first got into the industry, there were a lot less opportunities to get in. So even just in school, no one was really talking about a career in sports marketing. That that landscape has just completely changed, which is great. But at the time, there were very limited opportunities to get in. And so I just I knew that that was an area that I wanted to get into at the Moda Center uh, where they have the arena where the Blazers play. I had been going there for concerts and Blazers games, and I just knew that that was something I was interested in and researched more, uh, finding out that, you know, they had a marketing department on the arena side. They had a marketing department on the Blazers side. And so I really just looked into that, went on the website and i reached out to hr directly so i applied and i reached out and i said hey i'm really interested in this industry i'm really passionate about it and that's really i think what 
maybe set me apart was just reaching out and being really proactive with it. So I think that's something that I give that advice to anybody who's looking to get into sports and entertainment, find the jobs that you're interested in, and then be really proactive about finding those people to reach out to. And I think a lot of people think, oh, these people must be getting hit up all the time. And I do get a lot of people reaching out to me, but in the scheme of things, it's a lot less than you would think. And so it is just an instant way to separate yourself from the pack of everyone else who's applying. So that would be the number one thing that I would say and recommend. That is such a good point because I think so many people are afraid like, oh, they're they're not going to respond or it's not going to be worth my time or yeah, like you're right, assuming that they must get hit up all the time. But I love that you said that the reality is it's probably a lot less than you think because most people are too afraid to do that or to, to go out and take that extra step. When applying to jobs, you mentioned reaching out to HR as an option. Do you also think it's helpful to reach out to, let's say you're applying to a marketing coordinator role and to reach out to someone on the marketing team? And if so, kind of what do you think is the best approach on how to message or what to say in that like initial outreach? Yeah, so when I reached out for the internship position, it, I chose HR because I wanted to flag the fact that I had applied and and I was wanting to do the internship as part of the school program. Back then, it was internship for credit. I know a lot of places that's kind of shifted in the industry, but so that's why I chose HR. But now I would say the best approach is really reaching out to the people rather than just saying, hey, I've applied to somebody, actually reaching out and doing more of the informational interview approach. So reaching out to what I would recommend is if you wanna get your foot in the door as an intern, reaching out to somebody who's in, I would say a coordinator position or also someone who's in a manager position, like looking at those roles, that would be the path that you would ultimately wanna take, right? So first you would have to start off at more of an entry level position. And then hopefully you would have the desire to move up in that industry. So I think just identifying that path of what you're interested in and starting with reaching out to a coordinator, reaching out to a manager and finding out more from them about what they do. I think a lot of people just I've found in conversations, they talk about wanting to work in sports, wanting to work in marketing, but they don't really know what it entails, right? I think they see a lot of the glamorous side of working games and pictures on the field and that's just such a tiny percentage of what you actually do. So I think really being proactive about finding those people that are in the jobs that you want and going that approach. Yeah, I think that's incredible advice for any industry across the board. And then for those initial outreaches, so basically what you're saying is, so find someone in that a type of role, maybe like a little bit higher than the one that you'd like to get, and then reaching out to them and asking them like, Hey, I'm, you know, interested in this role. I'd love to, you know, do like a coffee chat with you and learn more about what you do. And so kind of focusing on that coffee chat angle instead of like, Hey, I just applied to this job. Um, Is that correct? Definitely. Yeah. Because I think what's hard about when I get people who reach out, right. And they say, they just let me know that they've applied for a position and that they want to talk about their application, but really that's what the whole interview process is for, right? You have to go through with HR and you have to review all the applicants and you have to narrow it down. So the better approach is to reach out to people and actually show that you're interested in learning about what they do. And then that's also just a better approach to developing a relationship with somebody where 
you're asking them questions, learning about what they do. And in return, you're putting yourself out there. So they remember you when maybe a position opens up and there's an opportunity to get your foot in the door. And I know that that definitely works because it's it's happened with me where I've you know been a mentor to somebody. And then when there was an opportunity to come and join our team, I thought of that person immediately. So I definitely know that that approach works for sure. Got it. Firsthand experience can say that. Yes, <laughs> That definitely. you think it's worked. Okay. I love that. I, I love giving, I love tips like this that are ways that people can stand out aside from just their typical resume because that's probably a question I get asked a lot. It's like, how can I stand out and apply in a job? You know, I, I applied a job and there's 300, 500 other applicants that are also there with me. And so I, I really like this approach of also doing the the coffee chats and also doing it proactively. So let's say you have a dream company that you want to work for proactively doing those coffee chats when maybe there's not even a job available so that you're kind of, you know, you're, you're building your reputation or you're, you're getting, you know, to know people that work at the company in a way where you're not asking them for something right off the bat or asking them to refer you, but actually focusing on building that relationship for the long term. Definitely. Yes. Okay. Ali, so you get this internship, start your career in sports marketing, and then you move on to the Phoenix Suns and you start there as a marketing assistant. Can you tell me a little bit about your time there? Yeah. So first of all, I always tell people that the story of me getting the job with the Suns is crazy because I lived in Arizona when I was younger and I grew up a Phoenix Suns fan. And so Back, I mentioned earlier that people didn't really talk about working in sports when I was in high school, college. And when I was in high school, people would ask me what I wanted to do. And I would say, I want to do marketing for the Phoenix Suns. And people would just go, oh, okay. Like everyone else was giving answers like they wanted to be a nurse or a teacher or something that, you know, everyone else was saying is like that typical career path. And I said that I wanted to get into marketing for the Suns. And so that was why. Just- so I grew like up out of all the things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I grew up a Suns fan. And so I grew up going to games and closely followed the team. And I just when I would watch the games, I would think to myself, like, there's definitely people, even though you don't really hear about it as much, because that was before, you know, you started seeing everything like the behind the scenes on social media. But I I knew that when I would watch games, there's people behind the scenes that are doing all these things and bringing these brands to life. Right. And so I just had that interest to just that passion for sports and entertainment. And I saw that as an opportunity for a career. And so when I wrapped up my internship in Portland, I kept checking teamwork online and hoping that a position would open up with the Suns. And I had just gone and gone to Phoenix and I went to a game, came back from that and I swear it was like the next day a position opened up for a marketing assistant. And I, of course, thought I had no shot because I was out of state and it was an entry level position. And I kind of figured, oh, there's no chance that they'll, you know, choose me. They'll go with someone local. But I applied right after it was posted and the whole process was crazy. It moved super fast. They interviewed me over this was pre Zoom days. So they interviewed me on Skype. I talked to probably five different people. And then I thought, okay, next step of the process would be that they would fly me out and, you know, do something in person. And instead, it was kind of crazy because it was an MBA lockout year. They were super short staffed and they ended up reaching out to me and said, hey, we want to offer you the position. But it was a Friday and they said that they would need me there on Monday. 
they really needed oh my the gosh. <laughs> and so and I remember I said to them like I will do anything I will drop everything to be able to take this position I don't want me being out of state to be something that prevents me from getting this opportunity and so it was between me and a local candidate and I ended up getting the job I moved on a two-day notice so I didn't even have like much time to think about it I just had to go and it was supposed to ju initially just be a part-time marketing assistant. So it was only supposed to be there. I was only supposed to be there for maybe three, four months to finish out the season. And so I kind of moved with that thought process of, hey, it's something part-time, it'll get me in with them. And maybe there'll be an opportunity that pops up. And then I, as I started getting closer and closer to the end of the season, I kept you know, just communicating that I really wanted to stay there. and really just was working super hard and taking any opportunity to help other departments and continue to just grow in the role that I was doing there. And then I just kept getting extended, extended, extended. And then that pretty much turned into almost five years with the team and being able to grow a couple times in positions up there. And I left as a marketing manager. So yeah, that's kind of my what my stint with uh, getting in with the Suns was like. And then how I was really able to to grow there. What was it like moving to an entirely new place? Like you don't have any roots there, you had to pick up and go. Like was it hard to manage like a new job and then also building a new life? Or how were you able to juggle both of those things? Oh, definitely. I mean, I moved, it was right after college. So I was pretty young. I didn't know I'd lived in Arizona when I was younger, but I, it had been so long and I had done, you know, finished out elementary school, middle school and high school in Oregon. So I didn't have a friend group or anything in Arizona still. So I moved, didn't know anybody at all. And really for me, I and mean, it's tough moving to a city where you don't know anybody and you don't have that support system is really difficult, but I really recommend it to people because I grew exponentially just having to go through that. And I just really grew as a person through that. And for me, it was just seeking out friendships with other people at work. And that's really how all my friends that I had from my, my time with the Suns, they were really friends that I met working there. So that was kind of my built in uh, friend group was people that I worked with and having some other people that, you know, were the same age as me and being able to have that support group that I developed. But yeah, it's definitely wasn't easy, but it's something that I'm really, you know, now I've done it twice. I did it when I <laughs> went to the Suns. <laughs> And now I've done, and I did it when I went to the 49ers as well. So I definitely think it's something that just makes you stronger. Absolutely. And so this being your, your first role in sports marketing, it's also unique in that, you know, you're, you're working for, for a large basketball team. Mm -hmm. Tell me what it, or can you tell me a little bit what it was like with having, like, what was it like when it was in season? Cause I know you mentioned like right now for 49ers, like you're preparing for them to get in season. Can you talk to me about the difference of like what it's like being in season versus what it's like being off season? For sure. Yes. So a common thing is people think that off season for the front office means that like players, we get to just go away and we're not working. And actually the off season is the craziest on the marketing side. <laughs> you have to think that you need the off season to be able to prepare everything for the season. So that's developing what the marketing campaign is, the look and feel of the marketing campaign, building out like once the schedule comes out, the theme nights and ticket packs and all of that stuff. So all of that gets done in the off season, building out the advertising plans, uh, 
branding in terms of signage, how you're, you know, basically coming up with the branding for the stadium, for digital social, et cetera. So all of that gets worked on in off season. So in both at both the Suns and here, the off season is always crazy. You tend to have a little bit of a break, like right when the season ends. So at the 49ers, it's really, you know, right when, depending on how far we make it in playoffs, that window, I'd say like maybe the month right after you wrap, but then really it's immediately you have to get into um, preparing everything for the upcoming season. And then you also have tentpole events. Um, so on the NBA side as well, through with NBA, NFL, you have NFL draft, you have training camp. And so you're working on those things as well. So you don't really shut down. You just keep going. <laughs> just the work, the type of work changes, but there's, there's always work. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So you were with the Phoenix Suns. You left there as a marketing manager. And when you went to the San Francisco 49ers, you started to specialize more in the brand side of marketing. Um, Can you talk to me a little bit about your transition from the Phoenix Suns and from going from the NBA to the NFL and what that was like for you? Yes, for sure. So when I left the Suns, I was actually marketing manager across three properties. So the Suns, the Mercury, uh, which are the WNBA team. And then I also was in charge of all the arena marketing. So (laughs) on the Mercury side, I was brought in on that side because they needed some extra help. And then on the arena side, there was an arena marketing manager who had left. And so then I had taken all of that over. So I was actually the only one on the team who worked across all three. So for me, the switch when I went to the 49ers was just (laughs) the instant thing was just a lot less events, right? So at the Suns, we had sun season, but then immediately, you know, once sun season was done, you were starting Mercury season. And then throughout the entire calendar year, we had so many concerts and events that really there was no, on the event side, there was no stop. And so there was really like no off season, like as you were, you know, getting into off season for Suns, you were starting Mercury. So you were doing Mercury as you were preparing for the next Sun season while you were still having all the concerts and events coming through. So when I made the switch to the 49ers, I one of the reasons that I wanted to leave Phoenix and take on a new opportunity is I just wanted to go back to being more dedicated to one team, being able to focus on one property. I also work on the Levi Stadium side here, but we get way less events than we did in Phoenix just because, you know, there's not a ton of artists that can play a stadium. So in terms of the brand piece, that with my role at the 49ers focused, that focus shifted to a lot more of the managing the approval of brand usage. So that's a big piece of my job is internal and external requests to use our marks, our colors, our marketing campaigns, et cetera. And that was something when I was at the Suns and the Mercury that I worked on, you know, creative development and was a part of building out those marketing campaigns, but it was less of having to have eyes on everything from a brand perspective. So that's where I would say the shift was with uh, the 49ers. It was definitely a lot more focus on the usage of our marks. Beyond that, I think um, a lot of the stuff is, you know, very similar in terms of things I oversee um you know compared to what i was doing at the sun so overseeing advertising signage promotional items all of that stuff so a lot of similarities but i think just more focus on the core brand usage and ensuring that everyone is adhering to our brand guidelines 
Yeah, can you talk to me a little bit more about that? So I'm assuming that there, I mean, you probably do partnerships with, I mean, who knows how many people yeah. who are trying to use your your brand. So can you talk to me kind of about what that, that part of your job looks like for you? Yeah, definitely. So a big um, piece of my job is the brand side of overseeing usage of our marks. So we have brand guidelines for both the 49ers side and for Levi Stadium side. So what that means is you're right in terms of bringing up partnerships. If we have Bud Light that wants to do cans for next season branded with 49ers marks, they have to, and think of when they bring that in store, they have the cans, they have the packaging, they have an end cap at a grocery store that has our marks and, you know, showing that they're a sponsor of the 49ers. So Anything like that gets routed through my department and we have to review it, ensure that they're using our marks correctly. So we have to look at things like how the logos are utilized. Are they stretched at all? Are the colors correct? If they're using our marketing campaign, is that correct? And then we have to give any feedback and ultimately approve everything. And then same thing internally when there's you know departments that are wanting to use our marks on signage or something for digital social, internal requests as well, also get routed through my department to ensure that things are on brand. And that's a piece of my job, but that's really the the approval process for, for on the brand side. I'm curious because I know, so sports marketing is its space in its own, but then within it, you know, you could be on the social side, you could be on the partnership side, and you specifically are on majority on the brand side of it what do you think so if someone is is earlier in their career and they're trying to figure out like what path is for them like well how am I supposed to figure out like where do I want to focus on maybe like what what the branding side of it looks like or any advice you have there because a lot of times people just like you don't really know what it looks like until you're in the role I'm sure maybe you didn't even know you were going to end up in more of the brand side until you just kind of ended up there but if you can speak a little bit more to that that'd be great yeah, I think so. The thing about titles is that every team's kind of different. So, even though I have brand in my title, I actually oversee quite a few things. So, under my role, I'm responsible for driving marketing and brand strategy, but across different marketing verticals. So, that includes branding. So, everything from what I just talked about the usage of our marks to developing our brand campaigns. So, our marketing campaign, Faithful to the Bay, but also that includes advertising international so we got marketing rights in the in Mexico and the UK last year and so work across building out the marketing plans for both of those international markets and then also I oversee influencer marketing and fan engagement as well so even though my title is a senior director of brand marketing I do have those other areas that I oversee as well so again it's really really different depending on the person that you're talking to and the team that they're at you have some people with my title that might just be focused on brand and then you have you know other people that have other layers uh, like my job so i think in terms of no having an understanding of what that means and what what all is encompassed in a position i think going back to reaching out to people and doing those informational interviews that's really the best way to find out what that day-to-day looks like for a person and another thing I recommend too is when you reach out to somebody, there's also you know no harm in asking somebody if there's any opportunities to shadow them. I've had someone before where I did a mentor call with them and they ended up being more interested in the game entertainment side. And I connected them with a couple people on our team and they ended up shadowing one of our games. So 
I think that's another thing too. If there's, you know, if you really want to work in the sports industry, finding, you know, the right people to talk to for informational interviews, and then also IDing if there's any opportunities to actually be able to shadow someone for a day and kind of see a glimpse, an in-person glimpse into their world. Yeah, I think that's that's awesome advice, and I've and I've definitely heard that before because I've interviewed like quite a lot of different titles, and it's it's interesting because everyone does something different, and it's also interesting because like even the distinct distinguishing between like entry level and associate and all this stuff like varies so much and salaries for each of these titles right senior director director it's just it's it's kind of insane like how much it varies at all different types of companies and industries so it's interesting to hear that there's so much that goes that falls underneath what you're currently overseeing is there anything that you that you're working on right now that you find particularly exciting right now Yeah, I think um, there's two things really. So in end of 2019, we started our influencer program and we were one of the first NFL teams to build up an influencer program and really activate with that. So that's a huge focus on our side because one of our biggest marketing, marketing objectives is hitting that next generation of fans, right? We call our fans the faithful. So building that next generation of faithful. So really hitting that younger audience and that younger audience is one of the biggest things they're consuming is social media and they're following a lot of influencers. And so that space is really hot right now in terms of really tapping into that. And so that's a huge focus. And then also I mentioned our international markets. So the league started what they refer to as the global markets program where they gave NFL teams the opportunity to bid on international markets. And so we got Mexico and we got the UK. And so that has been something really exciting is just diving into those markets and learning how to market to two, you know, two countries that I've never had to work on before. And, and both countries are very different. You know, we have Mexico where we have, you know, we're one of the top teams in Mexico in terms of fandom. And we have a lot of pre-existing fans there and a lot of people that love American football there. And then we have the UK where American football is ranks a lot lower. A lot of people don't have, or most people don't have an understanding of American football. And so that markets a very different approach because you're trying to find ways to incentivize or find ways to introduce the 49ers brand out there, but at the same time, the education piece of getting people to care about American football and want to learn about American football. And so both of those are just from a marketing perspective, challenges in different ways, right? And so that's been something that's been really exciting to work on because we know on the international side, that's not something where we're going to see immediate results. Like it's a, you know, long-term plan of, you know, how we build up both of those markets and, and build that fandom. So I'd say in the influencer side and international are two of the biggest exciting things that we have going on. And fandom must be a very interesting thing to go after or a lot different than when you are marketing for other companies is yeah, you're, you're especially starting in a whole entire new market. Like mm-hmm. that I can only imagine that being a very unique challenge that you have to overcome. And, and also what you mentioned of trying to target, you know, younger audiences. I've, I think that's a really different thing that you have to tackle in the sports industry. How do you guys, or I'm just curious of how you do you track fandom? Is it just, is it really similar to how brands will just like track their brand awareness or is tracking fandom something entirely different? Yeah. So for both of those markets in particular on the international side, we've done different segmentation projects of 
trying to understand that market. So first and foremost, what is the perception of American football out there? What are people consuming in terms of from a cultural perspective of TV, movies, you know, inter different entertainment events? So what are people doing out there? How are they spending their dollars? What are they consuming from a media standpoint? And then from there, trying to get better insight in, ter in terms of existing fandom, opportunities for potential fandom out there. So what percentage of a market, you know, is interested in American football? And then from there, what percentage of that is they're the opportunity to get somebody as a 49ers fan because they don't have an existing NFL team. So a lot of it on the international side is really the, the first couple years are really figuring out, you know, as we're starting to activate out there, at the same time, we have to be doing the research to better understand those markets because otherwise you don't want to just blindly market where you're just throwing things out there, hoping it sticks, yeah. be strategic with it. And you want to be able to build upon it every year and know what you're wor working towards. So the research yeah. side is super important. Yeah, it sounds very, very interesting. And sports is very cultural and I feel like ingrained in people's identities too. So it's a very, I can... Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to hear about, especially trying to go into markets where football isn't really, American football, really mm -hmm. isn't something that's that predominant. I have a colleague and she's in, in Mexico and she was talking about how she went to her first baseball game and she's like, I had no idea what was happening, but like it was way more relaxed than soccer or mm -hmm. um, their football. And so it's, it's really interesting to hear. I know when I went to Europe, I went to a football game, a soccer game, and it was a totally different experience than going to a soccer game in the U.S. Like, so much more fun going there. Fans are, like, way more into it. And so that's a really cool thing that you get to work on is, like, trying to figure out how to enter these different international markets. For sure, yeah. I actually went to my first Premier League game in, when was it, Oct this past October. We were out there doing a watch party for one of our games. And so I got to see my first, you know, football game over there. And it was just crazy. The atmosphere was wild and it was just cool to actually be able to take that all in. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah, if anyone ever gets the chance, definitely worth it. Yes, for sure. One, so you kind of mentioned how you did a trip there and earlier we were talking a little bit about travel, but travel seems to be a big component of your job or correct me if I'm wrong, but are you traveling when your team is traveling or how much does travel take up in, in terms of your responsibility for your job? Yeah, so during the season, it really depends if we have something going on that hits my world. So for instance, on the international side, we this past season, we had a game in Mexico City, so traveled for that. And around that, we had some different site visits that we did. And then on the UK side, we had a watch party out there, so traveled out there for that. And then beyond that, it's really uh, depending game by game if we're activating. So if we are hosting an influencer at an away game, I'll travel out for that. Or if we have something going on on the fan engagement side, on with fan engagement, we have what we call invasions and in select away game cities. So uh, Nick on my team, who's our senior manager of fan engagement, he spearheads all of these and it's going into the city of where we have an away game and doing an invasion, which is an event the day before the game that we play out there where all of our fans come out, um, there's entertainment, there's giveaways, and it's just an opportunity for all of our fans to get together. And so if we have one of those, you know, I'll travel out for that. So it really just depends on what's going on for the, for the away game 
and then typically travel during um, playoffs because that's when we're definitely hosting um, influencers or have something else that's going on. And then outside of that, it's really just, you know, if we're doing site visits to our international markets or if, if, you know, I have speaking opportunities somewhere or NFL events, NFL draft, really Sounds just depends. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's yeah, also I'm I'm had thinking through like all the different travels I've done. <laughs> and um, yeah, it really just depends on what's going on. But it's a mix of traveling for season, traveling for international and then any other, you know, conferences and events. Yeah, I think it's interesting to hear that, too, because I know for some people, they want a job that allows them to do that, right? That, get, you know, gets them to, to be able to travel. And for others, maybe that's not exactly the right fit for their lifestyle. So it is interesting mm-hmm. to hear just like how much of a component travel is in your role? Yes, international definitely upped it a lot before I wasn't yeah. traveling as much, but that's been a really cool piece, right? Of actually being say, able that's to- That's a fun, yeah, that's that's like a, yeah. a cool perk to have. <laughs> yes, and it's different, you know, putting together a marketing plan for a market when you're not actually getting to go there and meet with people and be on the ground there. So it's been, you know, really important to be able to do that. So. Looking back at your career and you have, oh gosh, yeah, almost 13, around 13 years in the sports industry and working for the NBA and for the NFL, what advice would you give to someone who wants to have a career similar to yours or be in a role similar to where you are now? Yeah, the advice I would give is first and foremost, it's really important to have the passion for what you're doing, right? So and it's important to know know which lane you want to get into. So I talk to a lot of people where they're, you know, they're interested in a lot of different things. They're interested in marketing, they're interested in PR, they're interested in community relations and they're kind of, you know, they'll take whatever comes up in sports and I think it's really important to look at, you know, what are you interested in and then talk to people, learn about those different areas and pick the lane that's right for you and the the lane that you're passionate about. And then I think from there, it's going into it and just not having a sense of entitlement. That's something I talk to people a lot about. It's being able to get your foot in the door and be a hard worker and take, you know, there's a lot of things that are not glamorous, especially when you first get your foot in the door, right? So, you know, I always tell people when I got my job with the Suns, one of the things they did when I moved there on a two-day notice is one of the things you know, they were having me, you know, clear out their storage space because they hadn't had a chance to get to it. Or they had a ton of enter to win forms where, you know, when you do an event and you give enter to win forms, it's an opportunity to collect data from people. And they hadn't been able to input any of those forms. And they were sitting on like 10,000 forms when I got there. And so I went in and did an Excel spreadsheet of just all this data that they hadn't had time to do. Right. And it's a lot of things that people don't see as glamorous, but are so helpful in the big picture. So I think it's, you know, being a team player, asking people, what can you do to help them? And again, not feeling like you are entitled to walk in and be doing things that people, you know, are doing that have really worked their way up. So taking the, you know, entry level titles and just, you know, putting in the hard work and being a team player, I think that's really the biggest thing I would tell people. Team player too. R- wrapping it back up to sports. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
Oh, that's beautiful, Ali. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for all for walking us through your career journey and what you've learned along the way. I think this episode was action-packed and I think also really helpful for people not maybe not even just interested in sports marketing but just you share a lot of of really helpful tips so I appreciate you taking the time to come on and share your story yes of course thanks for having me again if you enjoyed this episode please leave us a review you can also join our private LinkedIn group for women in marketing it's called Sky Society Women in Marketing and you are welcome to join us on LinkedIn and you can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at skysociety.co for more information on all things marketing and career and I'll see you in the next episode